You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Okay, back to the show. Welcome. This is the second half of today's installment of Real Presence Live. And uh, your hosts today are myself, Jack Canelli, and Ken Cottrell. And uh, my wife is usually my co-host, but she was unable to make it, so we were happy that uh, Ken was able to be available to do this. Uh, Doreen used to always bring jokes. Uh, Apparently, Ken came unprepared in that regard because he didn't have any, as far as I know, or maybe you do, but I was thinking of one about the guy who said that uh, my son and I are going to see the eye doctor tomorrow. We'll see. If that's the bar you've set, I think I'll... Well, the bar is on the ground. It can only go up from there. Yeah, well, what was the one? Oh, Monsignor Gehring is um, here at the cathedral. He loves bad jokes. And the one he told me the other day was that there were four men in a boat. I hope I can get this right. There were four men in a boat, and uh, they only had uh, one cigarette. But then they realized they, they didn't have a lighter. So they threw the cigarette in the water, and the boat became a cigarette lighter. <laughs> we need a laugh track, or at least a drum roll. I'm, try- I'm trying to help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. That voice that you heard, which was not Ken, we are happy to... Let- Do you want me to introduce our next guest? Uh, well, yeah, I actually, because of those bad jokes, uh, but at least... Now, uh, I can, uh, I mean, April has been sharing with me over and over again how I have a face for radio, mm-hmm. and uh, that's got to be the oldest radio joke oh, yeah. in history, oh, yeah. but that was way funnier than what you just told us, but I appreciate the effort, Jack. Well, if you're going to be like that, it's a lot truer than the ones <laughs> I said, too, for that matter. <laughs> Our next guest is April Cottrell, who is the lovely wife of Ken. And so uh, we're happy to kind of have him here as a tag team match. But um, actually, we didn't get a chance to properly introduce Ken and uh, kind of have him come out as a cradle Catholic. Uh, I know I have admitted that several times, which is really unusual because it seems like most of the Catholic apologists that you hear on the radio are all converts. (laughs) And so I feel, you know, kind of... uh, inadequate in a certain sense but actually i'm not an apologist i'm a a radio show host so that's a little bit the lesser qualifications for that but anyway april is a convert and we wanted her to come on and just to kind of talk about your story coming into the church so welcome april yeah thank you so much for having me sure well why don't you give us a little bit about your background you know like uh, you know where did you grow up because people will probably get from your accent that you're not necessarily from up here you know i don't have the accent from here well you turned it off pretty good today (laughs) yeah so i grew up in south texas very tiny town near corpus christi so spent up until my 18th year in that small town and then from there moved around texas quite a bit and i don't want to get too far into my story because i feel like it steals the 
thunder of the conversion. Okay. <laughs> well, let's get. How did you meet Ken? Oh, okay. That's an easy one. I was. I mean, you're good looking and he's not. I just kind of wondered how this happened. Well, we all need yin and yang in life, so oh, okay. it works out. <laughs> well, people always say how beautiful Doreen is, so I guess. I'm really glad to be the foil today. <laughs> yeah, so Ken and I met actually over the phone. So we were working for the same organization. We were working for Bank of America. I was still based in Texas at that time. Mm hmm and he was in North, Charlotte, North Carolina, and had recently joined the bank and was looking for someone to help him navigate this mammoth organization. I'd been there for a while. So someone said, you should call April. She can help you figure out what you need to do. And that's what I've been doing ever since, is helping Ken figure out what to do. <laughs> With some success. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of relating to some of this, too, but uh, kind of like my home situation. Doreen's been helping me all through life, I think. <laughs> we all need a helper. Yeah. Well, do you want to cut to the conversion story? Were you, you sure. know, did you have a flash of lightning or <laughs> was it uh, I married this Catholic guy and I just kind of thought, well, maybe that'd be good. But then you realize, go ahead. Yeah, sure. So uh, growing up in this small town in Texas, I was raised in the Methodist church. So I uh, went to church every Sunday. And when I was making notes about what is my conversion story, I thought, well, okay, does it did start with an introduction to there is a God that loves you. And so going growing up in the Methodist church, we went to church every Sunday, but there wasn't a lot of discussion of God outside of church. And so it was... I think more a more secular view of faith and living the faith. So that was my my upbringing. But I am grateful to my parents for letting me know there is a God who mm -hmm. loves me unconditionally and is is there for me. So that was that was something a, a great seed that was planted, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then after I left for college, really. God and a relationship with God was very, very far from my mind. I was just in the here and now and living life and... Just like most of your contemporaries. Yes, just uh, <laughs> not thinking a whole lot, honestly, about anything very deeply. And up until the time that, that I met Ken, I very rarely attended church. And then uh, when Ken and I met, we... This is part of the story that people might find interesting. We we met and started dating and then moved to China. So you might not think that China is the place that you go to deepen a relationship with God. <laughs> but that's where we found ourselves on the other side of the world. But while we were there, we would we were living in Shenzhen, China, but every weekend going into Hong Kong. And somewhere in this time period, Ken Ken hadn't been a regular attending. I'm kind of going to out you, Ken. Uh, you hadn't been a regular attending <laughs> attendee of Mass. I'll leave the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, but chose to go back. And I said, oh, if you're going to go to Mass, I'll go with you. So it was a very uh, just kind of curious, oh, let me see what this is about. I had grown up with friends that were Catholic and, you know, had that typical, like, 
oh, this, they do things differently and they have different things in the church than we do and didn't understand it, but started to attend mass. And I will say that there's nothing in my conversion story that is dramatic, except that it was just this consistent kind of drawing in and wanting to know more and then taking that next step of well, what does that mean? What does that look like? And during this time when we started going to mass regularly together, he and I never spoke a lot about our individual faith journeys because we were on our individual journeys. So I never, we never talked about me converting. I just attended mass and was fascinated by it. There was, there were things about it I didn't understand, but became very curious about and wanted to know more about. So that was kind of the beginning of so the, my conversion. So the ritual kind of drew you in a little bit. It definitely it drew maybe me in. The art and the beauty and all of that. Yeah, it's interesting because in the so we were living in Hong Kong and Shenzhen and there was one church that we went to in Hong Kong that was beautiful. There was some beauty about it. But there was another church that we would go to that was very plain. Mm -hmm. um, and so the beauty was a little piece of it, but it was more the, the ritual, mm -hmm. the tradition. And there were things, that, what was really interesting is as I started attending mass, there were things that I remembered from my childhood. So affirmation of faith, um, the Lord's Prayer, you know, things that touch back into that or those early seeds that were planted by my parents mm -hmm. so uh, okay so you've been going to mass you're kind of intrigued by it i'm intrigued by it i'm i like it i we made time for that but again it was i was still in that place of mass on sunday the rest of the week you're just living your mm -hmm. life so not not any depth in, in my faith at that point. And then we moved to Korea. And when we moved to Korea, the parish that we joined there, uh, there was a priest there from Italy. His name was Father Faldani. And Father Faldani had been in Korea for 30 plus years, something like that. And there was something about Father Faldani that drew me further in there was a presence about him. There was a kindness about him. There were many things about him that I think exemplified what a, what a Christian life really looks like, like the, through him as a priest that drew me further in. So then I started to do more investigating about what am I doing? Why am I saying these things? Um, and so that's when I started reading more about the Catholic faith, what do all these things mean, and what does it mean for me? Did, did any book stick out yes. for you? <laughs> yeah, the book that I stumbled across, it was actually a book that Ken had bought, and it was Matthew Kelly's Rediscovering Catholicism. And it was at, when I finished that book is when I said, I need to go talk to Father Faldani. And all of this, I was reading this book, I didn't talk to Ken about it, um, and I didn't tell him that I was going to go talk to Father Faldani. Okay, let's 
Let's let's stop it right here, and we'll keep our audience hanging a little bit as <laughs> yes, far as what happened in this discussion with Father Faldani and uh, Ken finding out about it and all that sort of stuff. We're we're talking to April Cottrell, and we're talking about her conversion, and uh, we will be back after the break. So stay with us for more Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Creatures that can be one with Christ. In the New Testament, Christ is referred to as the second Adam, as the definitive Adam, and as the image of God. This means that in him alone appears the complete answer to the question about what the human being is. Creation is, as it were, a preliminary sketch that points to him. This relationship of creature to Christ, of the first to the second Adam, signifies that human persons are beings en route beings characterized by transition. They are not yet themselves. They must ultimately become themselves. Human beings must die with Christ like a grain of wheat in order truly to rise, to stand erect, to be themselves. Human persons are not to be understood merely from the perspective of their past histories or from that isolated moment that we refer to as the present. They are oriented toward their future and only it permits who they really are to appear completely. We must always see in other human beings persons with whom we shall one day share God's joy. We must look upon them as persons who are called together with us to be members of the body of Christ with whom we shall one day sit at table with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and with Christ himself as their brothers and sisters, as the brothers and sisters of Christ, and as the children of God. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio. I'm Ken Cottrell, your fledgling co-host for today, uh, along with... uh, uh, Jack Canelli. Jack Canelli. Uh, we're talking to April King, my wife, about her conversion story. Uh, and uh, right before the break, she was talking about how she had a discussion with Father Faldani mm-hmm. in Seoul, Korea. And we're all on the edge of our seats. April. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so on the break, I was thinking, what have I left out? So one of the things I did want to go back to before I continue with the cliffhanger is there were moments up until this point that I wanted to convert, but I didn't think that I could. 
I thought there were barriers to that conversion and I just kind of resigned myself to, I will always go to mass and cross my arms instead of receiving the Eucharist. And I'm, and I was okay with that. I was willing to be on that, on that path. But after reading this rediscovering Catholicism by Matthew Kelly and understanding the richness behind the tradition, the richness behind the liturgy and why Catholics believe what they believe and do the things that they do, I very much thought this at least deserves a conversation. And so I was really nervous about going to see Father Faldani because I respected him. I hadn't had many conversations with him, but I, I went to the parish and I think he was surprised to see me at the door and he invited me in and I, I told him, Father Faldani, I, I really want to convert to Catholicism but I don't think I can. And then I just started breaking down crying. And he said, it's okay, it's okay. Just calm down, <laughs> come sit down and talk to me. And so we, we talked for about an hour and a half and he said, I think we can do this. And it was such great, I mean, I don't know why I didn't have hope or faith that this could be something that was achievable for me. But I did, and maybe that's the devil at work giving you all the doubts in the world. Well, did you have any uh, uh, perceptions or misperceptions about Catholicism before you started studying it that were kind of uh, dispelled as you were going through your, your, your studies and stuff like that? Well, I do think that I, I've been talking to a lot of folks recently about... Um, Mary, and I will say that growing up in a Protestant church, there's no Mary, and it's a very it's very evident, you know, when when you go into Catholic churches and this the the art and the stained glass, there's the representation of Mary, and I so there's a, there was a part of me that didn't understand that I didn't understand the saints. And what that meant, what that whole thing was about. And so those were things that, through my reading, I started to understand the, the richness yeah, um, in it, those things. That it makes sense. It does make and sense. And it isn't idolatry. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's funny because Mary is such a stumbling block for just about every conversion story you hear. Mm -hmm. you know, it's always, you know, what was, what was the last thing that you had to overcome? And a lot of times it's, it's Mary. Yeah, and it's, it's not that... I didn't appreciate who Mary was, or it's like I didn't know who she was, but I didn't understand the veneration to her. I didn't understand her role in the church. Right. And yeah. now, now I have a much better understanding of that and an appreciation for it. And I, I just um, have dove deeper into that. That's one of the things that I've learned is that what you don't understand, dive deeper into understanding. Mm -hmm. And that's where you find the, the richness. Okay. So Father Faldani says, I think okay. we can do this. So Father Faldani says, I think we can do this. And I leave. And I, I had not, as I said earlier, spoken to Ken about this, did not tell him I was going to speak to Father Faldani. So he, a couple days passed. And then I said to Ken, hey, by the way, I went and talked to Father Faldani 
the other day. He said, you did? Why did you go see Father Faltani? And I said, I talked to him about converting, and he said that it, it's possible, and here are the things that, that I need to do. And Ken was very encouraging, but that's one thing that I think is important, is there, there was no... Nothing from Ken pressuring me to mm-hmm. go in a certain direction. He was living his life of, mm-hmm. of faith and living out his relationship with God. And it, whether he knew it or not, it was a model for me. It was a pathway for me, but not in a direct sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was very supportive. And what I did at that point, because living in Korea, this was a very small international parish. So not a ton of people because there are Catholic churches in, in Korea, but they all speak Korean. I do not speak mm-hmm. Korean. <laughs> um, so I had a, for my RCIA, I had a one-on-one experience or one-on-two experience. So there was an Irish couple on mission in Korea and I met with them every Saturday to do my RCIA, just myself and, and these um, two folks from, from Ireland. And it was, they were wonderful. Um, sponsors and um, teachers and guides for me to to move forward in the faith. So I was, I had been baptized, but in Korea you are asked to do a conditional baptism. Um, the bishop there does a a conditional baptism because there are some Christian um, faiths who will say they're baptized, but it's may not be. Um, mm-hmm. In the, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They, they don't meet yeah. the form. They the don't matter. meet the form. And so, because I was living in Korea, I had a conditional. So, I've been baptized twice. And we were married the same day I was baptized in the church. Because we hadn't been married in the church at that point. We were married, but not in the church. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess... I'm, I'm glad you added that in. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners were thinking, hmm. Wow. Yeah, Father Fadani had a lot of faith. No. Um, and, and then I had my, um, my, my first communion. And I remember that because it, I had gone up many, you know, many weeks every Sunday to Father Faldani with my arms crossed. And it was the first time I could go up and receive and I said to him afterwards, I was like, it feels really good to receive. He said, it feels really good to give it to you. <laughs> and so um, it was, you know, it was really great. And so we had um, some friends in, in the Catholic church, but I wouldn't say we were overly mm-hmm. active in the Catholic community there. Um, lots of other things going on and life was complicated. I traveled a lot for work and that sort of thing. But from that point, I... I would say my my reading, my curiosity, my intensity around the Catholic faith and the Catholic tradition and just the richness of it uh, really deepened from that point going forward. How did your parents respond to your... Oh, reading? yeah. My mom and dad, it's so interesting because a lot of people will ask that. Not, And I, I think I took for granted that my parents... Would, would only ever be supportive of my decision to deepen my faith, not realizing that a lot for a lot of people, this is quite, can cause quite a divide in the family. It hasn't in, in my family. My, I always say that I think my, my parents in particular are just whatever 
pathway leads me to a deeper relationship with Christ is one that they're 100% supportive of. Mm -hmm. And when they come to visit us in Fargo, they come to the cathedral with us. And I think they enjoy the mass. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there are still, recently I've been thinking um, about sharing more of my Catholic faith with my family. Because I, although they know that I am Catholic, and we talk about our relationship with Christ and relying on Him and trusting in Him and all of those things, but not really talk about, you know, I'm not trying to convert them um, necessarily, but I, I would like to share more with them. Sure. Yeah, I don't know if you could hear out in the lobby the our, our discussion with uh, Dr. Ralph Martin about, you know, by our baptism, we are called to evangelize. And it's like, well, here, you got to, you got a pretty good audience right there. Oh, no, yeah, I think they would be really receptive. <laughs> Mom and Dad, stand by. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but and also with that discussion with Dr. Martin, uh, which uh, you, you, Jack, you brought up the fact that a lot of times people think of evangelization mm-hmm. as you're knocking on doors. It's to to convert the uh, you know <laughs> the new blood, so yeah. to speak, but. While April's going through this, I mean, I had a, a, a very uh, profound reconversion uh, mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. while they were individual paths, I think that they've converged. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it's been a wonderful thing, you know, as a married couple sure. uh, to to now be very close together uh, and deepening our faith. So you kind of caught up with her enthusiasm. That would be the more accurate way yeah. to put it, yeah. Yeah, and then... Well, you know, I always think in terms of, uh, you know, as far as spreading the faith, you know, you've heard the expression when somebody makes a really good dessert or something like that, it's too good not to share. Right. And it's like, that's how we should feel, you know, and and how you share it is in different ways. Like Dr. Martin was saying, you know, basically the first three things were be a good Catholic, you know, and, and care about other people. You know, and then the other idea of evangelizing or proselytizing, that's kind yeah. of third. Uh, and one thing I, I just wanted to give April the opportunity to talk about, and I mentioned this uh, in my intro, uh, was uh, becoming part of the, the Catholic community. And uh, so, April, how, is, how has that impacted you? Uh, um, being part of the Catholic community has it also enriched my life very deeply. Would love to talk more about that at some point, but I know we're coming up against a hard break. Well, maybe we'll get you back here another time. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you so much. Oh, that was fun. I'm, I'm glad you could come in today. And uh, like I say, maybe we'll have you come in another time. I've always thought it would be fun to get a, a panel of converts to kind of just share their stories because I think it's interesting. People like to hear it. But anyway, uh, with that, we'll, we'll go to the break. We've been talking with April Cottrell. And uh, this is Real Presence Live with Jack Canelli and Ken Cottrell is your host. And stay tuned. There's more to go after the break. We will be talking to Father Carney. And we're talking about, uh, we'll be doing some talking about St. Vincent de Sales, I think. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.